And now for our Gasserts Project Hot Seat segment. Wisconsin-based Gasserts Project is a nonprofit organization working to strengthen and grow grassroots racing. Since 2017, the project has produced several short films and articles in addition to financially assisting racers and tracks through awards and sponsorships. To donate or learn more, visit GasseritsProject.com. Welcome everyone to our Gasroots Project Hot Seat segment and super happy to welcome into the Gasroots Project Hot Seat this week. Now two time, seven days ago, or well, I would say like 10 days ago now, 10 days ago he was a zero time MSA feature winner and now he's a two time MSA feature winner and 18 year old 360 sprint car driver and 410 sprint car driver now, Jack Vanderboom. Jack, you're, you're kind of the talk of the town. How, do, how does that feel? <laughs> it, well, you know, it kind of just—I don't. To me, I don't really feel different. You know, it's it's great to get two wins at all, but you got to go on to the next thing. Yeah, absolutely, and that's—I think it's a really great attitude to have. So, you know, like I said before, before last week, you know, you hadn't won a race this season. However, you'd come close a couple times and uh, had a couple top five finishes and had a really consistent season overall. I'm just gonna kind of read you off your your stats here for the season. Then I'm gonna ha- then I'm gonna have you rank your year on a scale of one to ten. So first off, your points finishes obviously 11th in MSA points, 12th in PDTR points. However, that's not really representative because you missed a couple races. You know, go do the 410 stuff, and and that's awesome. Uh, quick times, you had two group quick times this year with the MSA. Um, top 15s, you had 19 top 15s, 16 top 10s, four top fives, nine race wins overall in the year. That's including um, B mains and heat races and two feature wins. So with all that in mind, rank your season on a scale of one to 10. Uh, I'll give it, I don't know, maybe a seven and a half. Seven and a and half. Reason, yeah, the only reason I really say that is you know, it's just, we've had ups and downs. You know, we haven't had, mm-hmm. we've had good nights, we've had bad nights, and mainly our goal is to, you know, keep it consistent and have good nights. We had a lot of consistent top tens at the start of the season, which was very great, and we were up there in points. And like you said, we did kind of skip out at some races for the 410, and which it's okay. I wasn't really you know, looking to run points anyways, mm-hmm. but it was overall is good, but we've, we had a rough nights as well. Yeah, for sure. And I've, one like gravity comes to mind. There was one early in the year where I think you pulled out for hot laps and the throttle stuck or something. And that just ended your night right there. Um, and you know, those things you can't really control, but it's just the way, the way that the season goes and that's racing. Um, however, now looking at that 410 stuff that you're talking about, um, Reflect on you know the start of the year, you know when you when you loaded up to go to where did we race first this year? It was at Beaver Dam, I think. When you loaded up to go to Beaver Dam for the start of the season, did you think you'd be walking away from the 2021 season with two wins and making your IRA 410 debut and running four fe- complete features? Uh, with the IRA in just your third season of full-size sprint car racing? Well, honestly, I, d- I did not really think we'd be walking away with two wins, you know, at the end of the season here. Um, 
I think the main, you know, my main goal at the start of the season is run consistent and, you know, consistent top tens, top fives throughout the season. And, you know, possibly a feature win, you know, just to throw it out there because you never Mm -hmm. know what's going to happen. It's kind of, you know, when you get out there, it's all kind of luck of the draw as well. So you got to let it play out on a normal, you know, Saturday, Friday night, you know, a normal Mm -hmm. race night. Sure. And it's just, you know, we kind of, we've had, we've had good luck, especially at the start of the season. We did have good luck. And then it was kind of, you know, mediocre through the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of branching off to the 410, it was, it was kind of just a last moment thing. Like we mm-hmm. had, we had the car ready to go, sitting there, ready to run it we just didn't know when we were going to run it because we did have a pretty stacked schedule yeah mm-hmm. um, <laughs> for for the msa and we did get some rainouts but you know that also caused ira to get rainouts as well right. but we you know we've also gone we went to knoxville we went and watched a watch that knoxville so we took a race off there and i Coming on to the four ten, you know, I don't, I didn't really expect to be run, you know, four races, mm-hmm. but it, it kind of just happened. You know, we we went to the first one, which was, I believe, out of gaming. I think mm-hmm. we went to the first race, and it was kind of like, well, let's just run some more. You know, we we got we got the car, motors got, you know, nine something nights on it when we first got the motor. We might as well run it, and then we can always send it in and get it rebuilt. You know, sure. So. We kind of just went out that way, ended up picking out our races to run, and so I could just get a feel for the car, you know. Mm-hmm. And we picked what we thought were the best tracks. Maybe some of them weren't the best best tracks, <laughs> you know. Even as Anigo, it seemed a little big jump for my second race out. But you know, sometimes that's just the way it is. It was it was fun and all. I liked Anigo, great track, but. I was going to say, Anigo was your best finish. <laughs> it was, yes. I believe, I believe it was 11th or something. Yeah. I, tend to do, I tend to do pretty well at the half miles. Well, why, do you think, why do you think that is? Why do you think that you, you know, why do you think your driving style fits the half miles so well? Well, see, I don't mind, you know, I don't mind the short tracks, but, you know, compared to like, oh, I got to throw some track, tracks out here, you know, like. You know, Beaver Dam. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a pretty hammered out track. Yeah. It's it's but it's still it's small. There's a lot, you know, if you really think about it, there's there is a lot of cars out there and it doesn't it looks big from where somebody's viewpoint might be up in the stands. But once you're out there it kinda it's like you know, this is kinda small. Mm-hmm. So I just for me, I think it's better for me at half miles because you do get spread out a little bit, but also, at the same time, I like hammered out tracks mm-hmm. because you know when it's a hammered out track, the car does you know kind of throw you know the car in what it's meant to do does throw itself at you with your driving. You you know you just kind of go with the car. You don't go with the track or you sure. know you're. It's like if the car if the car is working well. You know, you can you can drive it how you want to, 
on a hammer down track whereas on uh you know on a slick track or something like that it's more up to the driver to kind of drive the track as opposed to the car is kind of what you're saying right 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 so my like the hammer down tracks it's just for me i guess it's that winged over feeling especially in the wing cars that i do like mm-hmm. and the cars react better when you're moving faster as compared to you know shorter tracks where it kind of just feels like there's no wing on you know there's no air underneath you and it just doesn't feel like the car's planted as much i like when the car's planted and i know what it's gonna do so that that kind of brings me to my next question so you know you talk about you like the bigger tracks you know obviously you picked off a win at beaver dam you know like we just talked about it's not super big but it was fast um however your first win comes at plymouth which i think i could quote you at the beginning of the season you said I don't think you said I hate this place, but you said it, you said something that it wasn't your favorite track, uh, just in terms of driving, not in terms of just the track itself, but just in terms of driving it. You know, it wasn't your favorite, and then you go and pop off your first win <laughs> at Plymouth, driving away from probably the best to ever drive a sprint car there, maybe besides Bill Baylog and Brandon McMullen, and you drove away from him and you pick up your first win. You know, what was that like to kind of? I don't want to say really like conquer your demons, but you know, to win at a track that you hadn't really had a lot of success at before. Yeah. So that track for me, for some reason, I, for some reason I don't like it. And that's, that's kind of throwing in that winged over feeling as well. Cause at that track with it, it, it's, you know, it's small, but it's also flatter. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't feel the car doesn't feel planted. That's what, it, like I said, that's what I don't like. Um, but I've always said, you know, I've always said, consistently said that that's the track I do not, you know, that's probably my least favorite track. Hmm. For some reason, I do not know. I don't know why, but I, it's just, I don't like that track kind of also because of the track changes too sometimes. Hmm. Which it's also not, you know, track prep's fault, but it can just be, you know, depending on the day and the humidity and the weather in general, it just sometimes it's just the way it is and it doesn't It doesn't you suit know. your style. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. Right. So but it's also, you know, I seem to do like decent at that track i say i don't like it but i actually do pretty decent as for me you know i always think to myself i'm like you know i don't like this track but i do seem to do pretty decent you know popping (laughs) off a win there it is to be you know to be honest i was running i think third there after that restart Mm -hmm. on championship night it is unfortunate what happened with will and travis i mean it's racing deal Mm -hmm. It's, it's the way it is but it did put me out front, and I kind of just thought to myself, I was like, I need to pick off laps. I know where I'm running, and I know where I need to run to be fast. Yeah. And I knew who was coming. I knew who was behind me. And it was kind of a factor of just run your same line because the track is actually really good right now. Mm-hmm. And your car's set up for this track, and you can be fast if you you know, keep your hit your lines, hit your marks, and you know just kick through traffic right 
the traffic was kind of interesting too to watch you, Will, and Travis kind of pick your way through traffic because all three of you were running completely different lines. You had Travis in third running up on the cushion, and then you had you kind of running through the middle of the racetrack, and then you had Will that was pretty much tucked down on the bottom through at least three and four. I don't know if he went up to the top in one and two too much, but and then going through traffic, you all had to change your lines that you were doing and you could all make it work. And I think that's a testament to what you just said. The track was really good when, you know, when you guys were all fighting in traffic there. And then after the restart, I think you found something there on the top that, you know, Brandon just had nothing for you on the bottom and it was just too hard to get around. Right. Um, I, I would say definitely while, you know, what was running through my head there is for when I was running second to Will, it was watching him and seeing the lines he was taking because he was he was running mostly up top of one and two. I mm-hmm. did see him go down low a little bit. I tried to go down low as well to get around him because mm-hmm. I knew there was a little bit moisture there. And I if I knew if I I knew if I just hit it right, maybe I could get around him. I just didn't quite pull that off because you know just not hitting my marks on the bottom. Uh, but three and four was definitely my strong suit. He was, or I know Will was running down low, and I kind of, I found that, you know, I found that sweet spot, I guess you could say, in three and four, <laughs> running through the middle and then up onto that cushion coming out of four, which I had a lot of speed off of, mm-hmm. which definitely helped. And it was kind of just for me, just kind of watching what Will was doing and going where he wasn't going to see if I could get around him, you know, before, like I said, what happened with Will and Travis. Right. And that's kind of that whole thing, run, run where they ain't, because you're not going to get by and running the same line, <laughs> right. you know. So, all right. So, moving on here, and speaking of your win at Plymouth, uh, we're going to get into some fan questions here. Uh, I put out a little uh, call out in case anybody had some questions that they wanted to ask you, and I'm going to, I picked a couple of the best uh, serious ones, and then we've got some silly ones here at the end, which uh, will be kind of fun, but... To start off, we've got a question from Kyle Loomis on Twitter. Kyle is a great supporter of what we do here at Box3 Media and all that good stuff with his Be Kind movement and all that stuff. Um, But Kyle asks, when did your win at PDTR sink in? Was it, you know, when you pulled into victory lane? Was it when you crossed the checkered flag? Or was it when you got home uh, later that night? When did that win finally sink in and, you know, you finally realized, like, you got the monkey off your back. You're a winner. I... This is a hard one. I I would say it was definitely the next morning. Really? It took that long? It was Sunday morning. Hmm. Yeah. Why was it in the morning? Why why did it just kind of sink in when you woke up or or something? It randomly just happened. I was like, you know, it was getting all the, you know, the text messages and the Facebook messengers and all the DMs on Instagram and whatnot of people that knew. And then, you know, coming through all the posts, um, you guys made a post and, you know, kind of scrolling through the comments and seeing what people are saying, stuff like that. That's kind of what, when it really sunk in. Cause I, you know, I, that's like the first thing I really do when I do wake up is go on my phone. And I kind of scroll through my social socials mm-hmm. to see, you know, what's going on. And I would say, that's you know seeing all those comments and all the messages all the text messages from everybody was when it really i guess sank in 
That's interesting too, because I guess yeah, at the racetrack, you know, you got all the adrenaline flowing from the race that just happened, and then you know you got fans coming up afterwards, and you know people want to talk to you and stuff like that. But I guess yeah, when you finally relax and wake up the next morning, and you're you know there alone with your thoughts, that I guess that makes sense that that's when that would sink in. So next question, uh, this is from I don't really know how to sp- say this. I think it's Cisco Spams. 24 on Instagram, it's C-I-S-C-O dot S-P-A-M-Z-Z 24 on Instagram. Yeah, I know who that is, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds familiar, yes. So he asks, um, and I think that it's directed towards uh, Scotty Thiel, but I think this could be said about just about anybody in the top flight of the IRA. What are your thoughts on Scotty Thiel as a driver, and do you think you could ever beat him? Well, I think he's a very great driver. He's very fast. He's shown he's shown a lot of speed this year with the IRA. I know he did. I think at the start, I believe at the start of the season, he did a lot of, um, you know, out of, you know, kind of out of IRA, traveled around a little bit, and ran, ran with some other sanctioning bodies. Mm-hmm. He's shown a lot of speed with the IRA coming back, and also. I saw him at Knoxville, mm-hmm. and he was very fast there. I know Knoxville is very tough. I don't remember what main he was in, but he was he was very fast. Yeah, he, he, he transferred from the. Showed, I think he, he transferred from the D to the C, but then his car wouldn't fire or something like that for the C main. Yes, I believe it was the D. But you know, like I said, it's Knoxville. Mm-hmm. A lot of fast drivers there. You know, you could get. You can get all star outlaw drive. You can get top notch drive, top notch drivers in D mains. Yeah, you know <laughs> what has previously happened. You yeah. know, coming previous nights. But he has he's shown a lot of speed. He's a very good driver. Even on the fact to beat him, you know, <laughs> that's that's gonna take time. <laughs> that's, a, think, that's a good answer. <laughs> I think it's very well possible, and I think it's very well possible for anybody, but. It's just going to be depending on time because he is, you know, with the way he's shown and how fast he is this year, mm-hmm. that kind of just, you know, sets the mark on where everybody needs to be to beat him. Yeah, absolutely. So, and this is a question from an anonymous person on Facebook. Has 410 racing helped you with your 360 racing? <laughs> I would say it has a little bit. It's definitely, you know, coming from that 360, jumping in to the 410, it was, at least for me, you know, when I raced at Plymouth, it was, knowing that track in the 360, it was night and day difference, Hmm. you know, compared to from the 360 to the 410. There's just so much more speed you're carrying with the 410. Throw, you know, around that track mm-hmm. compared to as, you know, in the 360. It's just, right. and for me, going out there in the 360 is kind of like, you know, you kind of went out there and it was like, where's the power? <laughs> like, you're kind of like, you're like waiting for it to come and it's like, where's the power? Where's the power? And it's just not there. And you got to remember, oh, you're in a, you know, this is a different car. This is less horsepower. You got to remember that. Because that night, I was going to say, that night at Plymouth, you pulled double duty. So that had to be the biggest contrast that could ever happen. (laughs) Yes, especially at that track. 
giving the track that I say I do hate, even though I tend to do <laughs> up there. Um, but yes, I, like I said, it was night and day difference. The driving style com- compared to those two cars is a lot different, but coming, you know, jumping in that 410 and then getting back in the 360 has definitely helped me. The 410 has helped me with the 360, yes. Awesome. So then we've got a couple. We got a couple silly ones here. Um, this is this comes from Eric Wilkie. Eric Wilkie is a good buddy of ours. He works on uh, Johnny Falls wingless car and Johnny's four ten. What is the best menu item at George Webb in Oconomowoc? Well, he's going to be heartbroken when I say this, and I quit. A couple, <laughs> I would say, oh no, it's been like a month, maybe a month now. Really. Uh, <laughs> I I didn't work at the Oconomowoc one, so I don't know their specials. Oh, okay. I have been there before. Oh, so I this is a place. This is a place you worked at. That's why he's asking this. Yes. Ah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I my go to when I'm just you know when I was when I would go in there as a customer for say a morning night anything would be the meat lover skillet. Really? That that was a good one. Skillets are good. Skillets are very, very good. We got this place, Pharaohs, that's right next to our, our, you know, place here in Fond du Lac. It's, it's nice. The skillets there. Minty well, maybe have to come up and give it a try sometime. Absolutely. <laughs> we should just get Pharaohs to sponsor Box Three. Just free breakfast all the time. That'd be great. Hey, oh, great day breakfast. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then we got one from Tischendorf here, so you know this one is gonna be oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. he asks, "What is your favorite form of potato?" Is it chips, fries, or mashed? And I've, I've got a bone to pick here with Tischendorf because he he left <laughs> out he left out baked potato, twice baked potato, smashed potatoes, you know all this all the really really good stuff. And he just he, he went did, with he the, did leave out a lot. Yeah. So, but out of those three, chips, French fries, or mashed potatoes, which one is which which is the which is the go to? I would say out of those three would be the fries. It's a good call. That's that's or, that's a good call. Or chicken waffle fries, very very good. I didn't even think about waffle fries. Those yeah, are good. so they're very good as well. As, as long as they're cooked right, that's what I like. But at the same time, baked potatoes, those those are on point. I'll, I'll do you one better. Twice baked potatoes. Oh, Ooh, I, I've never tried. You've never had a twice baked potato. I never oh tried a twice baked potato. This all right. We need to we need to remedy this sooner than later. Um. So, <laughs> and then we've got one last one from Willie Garretts. This is one that he asks just about every guest that we have here on the show. Is a hot dog sandwich? Mm, come on, Willie. You don't have to do me like this. <laughs> <laughs> mm, is it though? It's a deep. Sure. It's a layered question when you think about it. I feel like this is a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I feel like it is. We, we, Will's on to something here. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. It's a deep question. I, I would... I'm going to have to say yes. Wow. The, no, the only reason... The only reason... I'm, I'm going to state my point here. Okay. The only reason I say that is because... When I do ham sandwiches on, on a roll... Mm-hmm. I do not cut it all the way through, and you don't cut a hot dog bun all the way through. That's a good point. But a ham sandwich is a ham sandwich, whether you cut it all the way through or not. 
I don't cut it all the way through, so... I'm, see, th- there's somebody else, I forget who, I forget what guest we had on that also made that point, um, that the bun on the hot dog and, like, a bun on, like, a hamburger, you know, one that you would get, like, at a race or something like that isn't cut all the way through, so therefore it's a sandwich because a hamburger is also a sandwich. However, then I would then I would pose the question to, you know, somebody that would claim that a hot dog isn't a sandwich because it's not cut all the way through. And a sandwich must be cut all the way through. Then I would say, well, if you cut a hot dog bun all the way through, like, you know, when you when you pick up a hot dog to eat it, sometimes the really thin, you know, connecting part of the bun breaks. Does it then become a sandwich? Does it become a sandwich in your hands? I I would say it's a sandwich the whole time. That's, I see. There you go. It's, it's just. I agree. I've never, it's something I've never really thought about because it's, you know, it's a hot dog's a hot dog. You just call it a hot dog. Right. You know, it's a hot dog on a bun. They don't say it's not like a hot dog sandwich or anything. Right. But at the same time, it's on a bun. Burgers are on a bun. Ham sandwiches, you know, you put it on a roll, which, you know, it's a bun technically. I completely, just, I 100% agree with you. 100%. I think it's a sandwich. I agree. I think it's been decided. Jack Vanderboom, everybody, has cracked the case. <laughs> um, so then to close out the interview here, um, your plans for 2022. What's what's happening? I know we've been talking about it a lot. Um, is it kind of up in the air right now, or do you have concrete, you know, this is what we're doing? It's really up in the air. I can tell you we're slacking. I, I know it's been – we raced Saturday. But we are slack, and we have no cars torn down. <laughs> we, did, we did. We did wash them. We did wash the three hundred and sixty. It's all. It's all cleaned up, ready to get taken apart. Um, our main. Our main goal is. I think we're gonna. Our important thing is. I think we're gonna start on the four hundred and ten. Tear that down, and we need to get that motor in somewhere. Mm-hmm. Whether it's going to be Kessler or whoever we go with that we need to get it in right now so if you know when it comes race season it is ready or very well near ready and then it's also sourcing another motor right because if you really think about it you do need two motors to go for time racing yeah yep especially at this so, level so it's finding another motor getting that one freshened if it does have more than, you know, I would say, you know, six or seven nights on it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, our goal would probably be look for something like under five, under five nights as, you know, a spare motor. Sure. Just something to throw in. Right. If, if we ever need it. Um, but if that doesn't work out and we can only get one more refresh and we can't source another one, our plan will probably be, because we're still going to keep our 360 stuff. So we're set, we're gonna take take that motor out, send it in as well, and we have another motor on the way for the 360, and it would be either uh you know if the 410 really falls through, it'd be either a full 360 schedule next year, or you know like a half and half schedule, you know kind of pick pick what races we run with the MSA, mm. and then pick what races we want to run with IRA. 
So that's kind of kind of like it, what you did the second half of this season, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's still up in the air. Obviously, it's it's still up in the air. It's still going to be. I don't. We don't have a plan right now. You know, it could be it could be a week or two until we actually have a plan, or it could be a month. We don't know yet. It's kind of just <laughs> could be next March. Up, Who knows? <laughs> right. It's up in the air, seeing what happens. That's good though. Means but you got you got options. I'm That's a good thing. Options, yes. That's a good thing. So then to close this out here, uh, Jack, if you have any sponsors or anybody on your team that you would like to thank, now is the time to do so. Yeah, so pretty much our main and only self standing sponsor will be my my dad's company, which is uh Blue Mountain Express Moving and Storage. And I would say the people the People to thank, you know, I, I kind of got to think of some names here because I've had, I have had a lot of people come out and help me throughout the season, you know, if somebody's gone or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, our main crew would be uh, Rick, Keller, Rick Keller, Sharon Keller, uh, my mom, my dad, Rick Vanderboom, Liz Vanderboom. And so, you know, that's kind of our main crew. Mm-hmm. And I would kind of throw some names out there. Uh, Keith Rank, he's came out. He works for my dad. He's been a huge help this year when he, he can come out, when he can come out. And a um, couple of my buddies, uh, Ryan Keene, he came out and helped a couple races. Uh, Braden Buttweiler came out and helped, I think, one one or two nights, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Braxton Keller came out and helped. He's, they've all been a huge help. You know, we kind of, and it's nice, you know, they come out, you, you tell them, you know, you tell them what to do and they do get to it. They, they listen very well. Um, Owen Peckle is also another one. It's another good buddy of mine from school there. And, uh, you Lauren as well <laughs> on the last night there. I got to throw it in there. And then all the media stuff you've done this year as well. And Tyler as well on the last night helping us out. Tyler Tischendorf and it wasn't we weren't helping you out by choice. We were forced. <laughs> well, yeah, I wouldn't say you're forced. To. We we didn't have anything home. else to do. You guys could have gone home. <laughs> could have gone home. Yeah, that was a that was a rough but night. You, you guys were a huge help. Yeah. So I do really appreciate that. I appreciate all those all my buddies that came out and everybody that's you know helped me. Through through this year and mind you through since I would say back in my junior days and you know 2013 2014. Absolutely, man. Well, and I will say that it's it's easy to you know hop over to a team like you and what your dad have going on there and your mom too and uh, with Rick Keller and you know it's easy to hop over there on a night like Saturday where you know Tish obviously. Um, we destroyed a car, um, and it was just kind of easy to, you know, hop over there and help you guys out because it's so easy to work for good people. And it's easy to work for, for a team when their drivers driving like they were on, uh, <laughs> on Saturday night. So, um, I appreciate that for letting us help out and I appreciate you taking the time here today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy. Take it easy. Yep. You too. Bye.